This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 80 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. Today, we have two passionate women who love to give back to horses and to people who love them. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have producer Jen with me today. Hi, Jen. Heidi Hody. We're hey. back. We're back. <laughs> We're well into 2017 now, and this has been fun. Um, I'm excited about our guest today, but before we get into that, I wanted to say that one of the guests today is doing something that like we like to do, which is hers is called Hope and Healings, and she works with veterans, and we have Horse Sense and Healing, and we like to work with veterans, and so I'm really excited to hear about her program and what she's doing in Tennessee, too. Maybe we'll share some notes. <gasps> That's a good idea. Corroboration. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and my big 2017 goal this year is um, is to create a, a bit of an extension of the program to reach down into the children of the Good veterans idea. and the first responders. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on with, you know, we've, we've always encouraged the families to be a part of the program because generally the spouse, uh, you know, the significant other is their therapist. You know, that's the one who lives right. with them sure, all the time. Right, sure, that's their support system. Uh, uh-huh. Front line. Very much so. Absolutely. Very much so. But we're finding the children, too, and we're being educated by the, the psychologists and everything, that the children are reacting in learned behaviors which act out like PTS, you know, mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress, too. Mm-hmm. So they need a little place to go and talk and be with horses. And so a little extension of our program. So That's we'll, interesting. We'll, yeah, I'll share that with Jennifer if she's if she gets into that. So um, so we have um, a Jennifer O'Neill with Hope and Healing. And um, some of you will recognize her when we introduce her to a past, very, very storied career in both modeling and, and TV and movies. And then we also have uh, a Another lady who's been around a few barrels, that's um, Marin Ludeman, and uh, she's she's just a wonderful mentor. So you're just going to love these ladies. And, a, lot of, and, a lot of mentoring of um, the next generation of horsemen. Yes, here. absolutely. Really, yeah, really good horsewoman, too. So, Well, as so, you know, mm-hmm. Scooter is our kid. Yeah, you're mentoring <laughs> him. <laughs> he is your kid. Scooter, How is Scooter these days? Scooter Glenn's pony is our kid. Yeah. And I wanted to tell you about this because this kind of relates back to what we chatted about in the last episode about um, Equus genuinely is a, a language. And we as humans, we're learning it as a second language. Yes. And our horses are experiencing that and it's their first language. So it's it's kind of that that relationship. And I'm starting to get to that point where I can comfortably think in it. Okay. Yeah. And it applies... Each horse it applies to, and it and you you genuinely learn what what that horse is thinking and doing because you're finally speaking his language. It's like somebody from a foreign country. Even if I have a translator, something is lost there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's simplified you, for sure. <laughs> simplified exactly, um, yeah. but when you get the direct communication, it's a it's a much deeper 
level of communication there. Absolutely. For for people who are listening for the first episode here ever, it's a gesture language, like signing for the deaf. So the horse's predatorial movements and their uh, flight mechanism, their advance and retreat are all based on movements of our body, which can be predatorial because uh, we, we look like predators, um, or they can be inviting in. So so Jen is referring to a gestural language like signing for the deaf. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's a good way to put it yeah. um, because it's it's not spoken and humans have evolved to use their spoken language. Well, Scooter, the alpha into pressure pony, <laughs> he came with plenty of baggage. Yeah. And one of his big pieces of baggage was his ability to push into you anytime you touched him. And most aggressively, he would pull on his halter. Anytime there was any pressure at all on his halter, mm -hmm. he would just pull it away. Just, yeah. I'm out of here. And over the past year or so, since we started working with the, the Dooley halter, we've been proved on that, improved on that, improved on that. Great. But as I've become more um, fluent in the gestural language, it's very interesting because now, instead of just using that halter, and thank goodness for the halter because... It really helped us translate. Good. Um, I can use my whole body to speak with him so that he doesn't have that need. I don't have to push on him. I don't have to pull on him. I don't have to shove him. I can right. use my body to, to communicate with him. He gets it, and he doesn't feel a need to push back because I'm not pushing him. And it's very yeah. interesting how much more responsive he has become. Has he? Oh, good. So... The the dually halter, the concept there is that there is there is a soft round cotton uh, rolled band across the nose. And when you clipped onto the training ring that holds the band, it twists when they resist against the halter. Kind of like a twist in your sock that's just uncomfortable. <laughs> that's such a, you know? That's such an it's accurate like, description, too. It won't kill you. <laughs> it doesn't hurt, really, but it's, like, annoying, right? It's annoying. And so they'll come off that pressure. If they've pulled back against it, they'll come off that pressure. Or if they've walked ahead of you, you know, into your space or something, and you just cold, close your fist, and they'll you know, feel that pressure again, and then they'll step backwards. So whether it's going forward or coming backwards, they make that choice. So you're saying that Scooter's into pressure, he's translating himself <laughs> about coming off that pressure. Yes. And it's a choice based, which I love. So yes. it's them doing it and them making the choices and them correcting themselves. And basically, it's self training. Yeah, he, he's, he makes the choice. Um, when I need to turn him, I turn Nigel loose. Well, mm -hmm. I need to make a U-turn with Scooter. So that he is facing me when I take yeah. his halter off, not me standing right. next to him so he doesn't run past me. Yeah. Well, when Scooter, Scooter first came to us, that was a battle. I mean, you just had to drag 500 pounds of pony around. <laughs> um, then we made the next step up in that we could move him, but it was invariably a case of he would hit up against his halter and go, well, that sucks. Okay, I'll yeah. come over. Um, now it is, I can use my gestural language that I've learned to ask him to come with me without any tension from that lead rope. And he comes with me, even though he wants really, really badly to turn and run out into that pasture. He comes <laughs> yeah. with me because he goes, okay, I got you. I'm coming with you. And I can take his halter and then he can go and do his business. And it's very interesting for me because I know he wants to go run after Nigel because that's his favorite thing to do is run <laughs> after Nigel and bite him in the bum. <laughs> Right. But we've we've gotten this communication now that it's like I can I I'm coming with you. I've got it. You're you're my guy. 
This is that's yeah. what you're telling me. And it's just so, so cool, cool to watch that evolve. It really is yeah. cool. <laughs> I love that you're using it too. And so many people, I think they understand that horses are under pressure. If you've worked around horses long enough, you pretty much get that. Like if they stand on your foot, you know, one hoof on top of boot, right? And you push into them. <laughs> Every kid learns this, right? You push into them like, oh, get and off they my just foot. stand and they there just, on your foot. Yeah. They push into you and it gets worse. So yes. you don't do that, right? You know, you pull them toward you or whatever your situation is. Hopefully it's a front. But, yeah. but, um, but anyway, they, people understand that horses are under pressure for things like that. But I don't know that we take it far enough to see all the ways we can use that into pressure uh, to train and to, to train off of the pressure. And it just, it's just all in there. And we, and some horses have into pressure all over their bodies and it's, it's more difficult. Probably Scooter has more into pressure in his body than, than some, you know. Yeah. He, more, he's, he's yeah. at the high end of the scale. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right, there you go. And, and so it's great because that sensitivity actually allows for some training, some interesting training things. Uh, and one of the things we're, we're learning from that too, is that why wait until they're already into, you know, getting their first saddle and bridle right. Why wait f- to train that off pressure and into pressure and everything when they're two or three or four, or whenever you're starting them, um, do it when they're just halter training. Like you're, you're talking about scooter with halter training, really. I mean, even though right. he's, he's already into his job, but before they get into a job, train the off pressure in those areas of sensitivity that you want them. For example, racehorses, you never get into that area because those little jockeys have tiny little legs <gasps> and yeah, they never get right. down around their sides. And stuff. Right. so you got to treat, yeah, you got to treat that off pressure back when they're, you know, in their halter training stage, the ground manners stage, and not once you've thrown a saddle up on their back. So anyway, that's, yeah, that's, that's waiting until, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because you know how that, uh, that, that imprinting goes when they're young, it, it just works for the rest of their life. Um, and it's so much harder as they get older, like our, you know, non-elastic brains. I know, right. I get that. Exactly. <laughs> Children learn a second language very easily if yeah. they live, they grow up in a bilingual household. Right. Exactly. Don't we whereas, wish we did? Yeah. Whereas someone like me, I wasn't exposed to anything but plain old boring English until I was in high school. It was very hard. And I was yes. mostly unsuccessful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on English. Yes. And I'm still I, working on English. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get I'm just dying to talk Speaking to you. Speaking of these kids. Ladies. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And um, and Jennifer O'Neill and Marin Ludeman. Hi, I'm Mark Hebner, president of Index Fund Advisors and proud owner of Monty Roberts Willing Partners graduate, He's a Sugar Bear. (laughs) You know, investment portfolios are a lot like horses. You need to find one that best suits you, your temperament and your stage of life. Some people might like an energetic horse and an aggressive investment portfolio, while others are more comfortable with a gentle ride and a more conservative investment portfolio. The trick is to find the one that's right for you. That's what Index Fund Advisors is all about, matching people with portfolios, risk-appropriate, low-cost, and globally diversified investment portfolios. You can find the right portfolio for you by taking the Risk Capacity Survey at ifa.com. That's IFA as an Index Fund Advisors. Or you can call us toll-free at 888-643-3133. That's 888-643-3133. 
Internationally acclaimed model, actress, film and television star, mother and also grandmother, Jennifer O'Neill, discovered her love for horses early on. First, the modeling paid for her first horse, which she was showing on the A-Circuit, and then her first starring role and film debut with John Wayne in Rio Lobo. Then she accepted the leading role in the film Summer of 42. Her hauntingly beautiful portrayal of Dorothy made her a household name. Jennifer's leading men in film have included Chuck Norris, Robert Duvall, Donald Sutherland, and Anthony Quinn, to name a few. Ms. O'Neill has been a constant worker for charitable causes, most recently for horses to benefit others as president and founder of Hope and Healing at Hill and Glade, her farm in Tennessee. It's a 501c3 charitable organization with all the services free of charge to our heroes for their sacrifices on behalf of our freedoms. Well, welcome, Jennifer O'Neill. I'm so pleased to finally have you on Horsemanship Radio. How are you? Oh, my gosh. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so glad that uh, we were introduced by Raphael Valle, who um, a lot of people will know Ivory Pal and his beautiful Ah. Palomino, yes, Tennessee walking (laughs) horse. I love him. I love him. I love their story. And I think we're going to love you too, because he he introduced us because of all this wonderful work you're doing. And um, I got to start off with Hope and Healing at Hill and Glade and tell us how you get into that a little bit. Well, Hope and Healing at Hill and Glade is uh, equine-assisted therapy and programs and events and celebrations for our active service members, veterans, first responders, National Guard, and most importantly, their families as well. Um, so we've been doing Hope and Healing at Hill and Glade at our farm 20 minutes outside of Nashville since 2010 and have had the honor, amazing honor, to serve over 3,500 military and their families since then. So we have an array of animals um, from donkeyettes, I call them, that that the families paint, to rescue donkeys, to horses, to ponies, Mm -hmm. and uh, our celebrations basically embrace an open Forum. Everything that we do here is free of charge with food, lunches, um, live entertainment, games, and um, and horse rides, and, mm-hmm. and donkeyette painting, etc. I um, love that donkeyette. Yeah. Is that a mini donkey? Yes. <laughs> I, they're mini donkeys. And I, they, it's uh, Lucy and, and Ethel. Are our donkey of course. Oxen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, so ponies on the hill, Jack and Jill and all of that. But it's just kind of, I always describe uh, our celebrations as um, Disneyland with fur on here for um, lifting up uh, the people and also recycling my dream. I I, I started working at 15 as a model to buy a horse. I showed the A circuit and hunters and jumpers um, and bred for 40 years. Um, warm bloods and thoroughbreds and, and um, et cetera. And so God has kind of recycled my my passion for horses to be able to open our farm and home to those that need some therapeutic time away in the country with animals. Um, and it's just so cool to be able to take that passion and pass it along because I know what horses have always been from jumpstart. I think before I came out of my mother's womb, I was passionately in love with horses and it took a while to, um, get 
get uh, have the ability to have a horse and show a horse and so forth, which was my dream. So it's so much fun to um, turn it around at Hope and Healing at Hill and Glade. That's awesome. Thank you for putting that in a nutshell for us, too. I, I love what horses do in therapy and for the outside of people, period. Uh, and, and I'm I'm so pleased and that you found that. the inside as well. In the and inside, for sure. for your father and oh, you. all you do and everything that you've done. I'm just a big fan. Thank you. Very nice of you to say. And you have some wonderful people around you over your lifetime, too. So that's very nice. I um, I see that you were born in Rio de Janeiro, and that is interesting to me. I, I didn't remember that in your past, and, and I don't hear Portuguese in your accent. So <laughs> and did you leave there at a young age? I did. My My dad was one of the reasons that I'm passionate about Hope and Healing at Hill and Glade and the Warriors is that my dad was a, a bona fide war hero, uh, World War II. Met my mother in London uh, during the war, then was shot down in the second to last mission and was in the prison camp that they um, made the movie about the great escape. And he was there for two and a half years. All that said, went back to London to find his bride and took her to Rio de Janeiro, oh. where my grandparents lived. Um, and my brother and I were born, but I did no, no, no language um, here. I did leave when I was about a year old. I think I got a little bossa nova in my step. Okay, uh, there you just go. Being born there, but um, but no, I, I left when I came to the states when I was a year old. I see. Uh, that's a wonderful story. My gosh, they should make a movie about that. Well, they did a little bit, but well, my dad wrote a book, so I think really? they will. Really. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was. They were amazing, and it and it brought into play my my love for warriors that that um, lay down their lives in their service for our freedoms here in America. And so I'm passionate about that, and I'm passionate to help our our troops who who do exactly that every day and their entire family as well. And don't ask for thanks. Yeah, thank you for that too. And and their families is the is the part that I love the best. I think that's where my heart is too. Yeah. Um because you know because there's so much that you sacrifice as as the family. Uh, the veterans can sign up for these things or not, but uh, but the family is is the therapist, isn't it? I mean, they're the ones that are twenty four seven with the uh, our service persons. You're, com- uh, you're you're spot on. Well said. The family unit, the trickle down effect of PTSD and some of the the war wounds of of service uh, it land directly in the lap of the family. And so you know better than anybody how therapeutic the wonder of horses mm-hmm. is. It's been going on since the mid 80s, probably before that, but in the mid 80s in Israel for their warriors for the yeah. therapeutic uh, equine assisted therapies and just the communication st- skills that that um surround the entire family reuniting the levels of unfortunate divorce and oh my gosh suicide every 65 minutes one of our amazing warriors commit suicide so this is an important program that that adds in addition to other therapies uh sometimes supersedes uh kind of painkillers and different Mm -hmm. ways that they can handle it that we can reunite the family in a in a very healthy way yeah great Uh, and 3500 that's that's impressive jennifer i that is amazing what what an honor 
Wow. An honor. Wow. And I underscore the word hope at hope and healing. I, I love that too, because that's where it starts. Just give us some hope and, and then we can get to that healing. So you, you've named Absolutely. it well, really named it well. I was curious about something that you're doing right now too. Uh, you're updating your autobiography. Uh, it's titled Surviving Myself is what I have yes. down here. And, and what, um, tell me about the experience of updating your autobiography. Is that because you've achieved more things since you wrote well, it? Or? It's interesting. First of all, just thank you for mentioning that. Um, that autobiography is appropriately titled Surviving Myself, and I originally wrote it about 16 years ago and was prompted by Word Warner Curb, which is a publisher, to update it. Uh, I wrote it initially not necessarily because I think that I'm that interesting, but what God has done in my life, mm. uh, coming to my faith in Jesus Christ at 38 years old, um, uh, living a life that looks so good on the outside and hurt so badly, doing like almost 40 movies and working with John Wayne and all the... Yeah. The, the uh, hoopla of that kind of fame and fortune, um, being a cover girl model for 30 years, and yet mm-hmm. there was a hole in my heart. Um, and the horses were a big part of that, but the, the only only um, thing that, that changed my life was Jesus Christ. So I wrote Surviving Myself to that end and have updated it um, by prompting of other people because there was 15, 16 years since I wrote it initially, and it is a put your seatbelt on, your eyelashes will stick to your forehead <laughs> book. <laughs> really? It's it's like, well, it's just, it's insane. <laughs> My <laughs> life, I'm about to be 69 years old. And, um, you look awesome. You look well, awesome. Well, thank you. I got I'm using good. a good photo. I'm using a good yeah, well, photo. It's just, it was funny. I I don't know if I sent you one of a magazine to the life after 50, and it was just a snapshot of uh, me with my horse, um, the last horse I bred, Handsome is his name, and we're standing in in the doorway, and I think the lighting was lovely, but... um, but yes, I'm just still trundling along and, and trying to make a difference. Um, we have a feature film on Hill and Glade that I've written that I think will be shot in 2017. We're covering our arenas. We're doing a fundraiser so that we can do the healing all year round instead of shutting down in the fall. And um, the purpose of the passion that God gives us in life, and especially with the hoof print on my heart, horses have always been just a major, major part of my health and well-being. And uh, even though I broke my neck and back in three places showing jumpers Uh early on at 15, doing the A circuit and so forth, I have never never stepped away from them because they are gentle giants, amazing, cathartic animals um, that can can redefine lives. Mm, that is well said. Thank you for that. And we talk often on this show on Horsemanship Radio that people sometimes forget that the flight animal is a different kind of animal experience because of their um, survival mechanisms that they would the pressure off is their reward. It's not like a dog or a cat, which so many of us are around and understand their motivation system. It's not like that with a horse, which is why we advocate for horses to stay in people's lives. Um, can you imagine... Yeah. 
you know, that's imagine. Beautifully put. Talk about beautifully put. That's exactly <laughs> the you. premise and and the epicenter of why this works so well in healing elements, not only in entertainment and fun and a sport and so forth, but the relationship. Everything is about a relationship with a horse. And uh, yeah, I've been around some cowboys that want to dominate, mm-hmm. and I want to partner and uh, with a horse. But the flight element, uh, as you so well put, is exactly the exchange that is so cathartic and healing with people, whether they ever sit on them, just to touch them, put them in a round pen, and watch the exchange. Because when you have a a 1,000 to 1,500-pound animal or little ponies, and you stand in that ring and you don't know one thing about a hoof or a tail, (laughs) and yet you want to be um, embraced by that horse. Mm -hmm. And and once that exchange happens and this enormous, gentle giant comes over and wants to be friends with you, it Mm -hmm. is... It's just oh. phenomenal. It is just amazing. And yeah. anyone who's your listening audience, I'm, I'm just um, speaking to the choir here, but it's so much fun to see uh, the health and wholeness and hope that comes with what happens with horses here at Helen Glade. Really good. And you use a round pin too. I love that. Thank you. It sounds like you're getting a join up. We call. We I call never it had a round pen in my whole life because I'm an English girl, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. English, right. English saddle, and I've just got a lot of ladies. Um, our team is small, but pronounced and amazing, and um, are Western and and do that, and so hence the round pen came in. But the round pen is perfect for now, depending on a fifty foot or a sixty foot. What you want to do, 50 foot is great for training the young horses, and uh, it also works really well with our equine programs uh, because of the size and the dynamiter of what it is. Never had that before. Oh, my gosh. We would put them on lunch lines, but never had a round pen, let them run free, get that communication going on, and uh, work that horse in that parameter. Yes. And, and now you need a cover for it. I heard you say that. So you need to raise some money to get a cover for it so you can use these all year round. It does get a little cold in Tennessee this time of year, doesn't it? Yeah. What happens is that it all of a sudden stops because um, healing our sessions cannot be on a weather permitted basis. If if you really want to go on into deeper healing. So we're looking at something very simple and just raising funds. We're just finishing our mess hall and offices. Um, We have five barns here, uh, Mm. 10 or 11 animals. We don't have a big footprint. We don't have a lot of fields. So we have um, 10, 11 acres, Um, but we're really functional and we want to get that covered area so we can invite um, people on a regular basis and schedule them in. Perfect. Well, we put your website in the show notes so people can go there and make an end of the year contribution. This actually, this comes out in January. So I'm going to start promoting this episode so that maybe people can make end of year contributions to get that that round pin covered. 
Yeah, let's do well, that. Well, we had we had a I had a wonderful opportunity. I had a little movie come out and and went on the Today Show with Kathy Lee Gifford, who is a friend for years, and she's made a donation, and we're we're really working hard to do a match funding so we can get our our cover up. We we have uh, now people on our board that are engineers and so forth, and a lot of veterans that are working free of charge, and we're getting some of the materials. So um, I, I, I believe I'm going to claim it. Uh, mm-hmm. that we're going to get this done in short order and that as we move into the spring, we never have to be closed again or turn anyone away. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hopefully we can we can be a small part of that and help out with that. Oh, that would get be amazing. And, and, and Raphael with with yeah. his his horse, last year was the first time he did. It was, <laughs> I wish you could see it. I should send you a video of it. Oh, he dude. was spectacular. He was spectacular. I read Pal and Raphael, that man's heart and this horse's heart just show the elegance uh, of of, uh, teamwork, of salvation. Yes, absolutely. That was a great interview. People can go back to that episode, too, and and hear their story because it's one that had to be a godsend, too. Um, I've got to ask, are there any movies that we're going to see you in in the future? So, um, well, uh, other than Hill and Glenn, documentaries, film, no, that's going to be an actual film. Um, I have one that's just gone uh, to DVD, which is a, uh, a, a if you blink, I'm gone, but it didn't matter. I needed to be uh, a part of this production and it's called, I'm not ashamed. And it's about the Columbine shooting years ago. Um, so that is just going to DVD right now. I usually do about one a, one a year and just uh-huh. been mainly working on the books and, and here at Hope and Healing at Helen Glight. So, okay. We'll be looking for your book too. And, um, and parts, I want to keep you, keep you up there. You're just gorgeous, Jennifer. And, um, People know you from way back too, and still find you as a favorite. We've we put some things up on Facebook and got such positive response. They love what oh, you're doing. You I just so want to affirm everything that you're doing and uh, keep it up. Oh. And we'll be we'll link arms and get this done. Let's let's link arms, and I hope you can come and visit here. I'd like I'd to meet to. you in person, and we yeah. have an open invitation to all of you and thank you for everything you do you do it with such excellence and it comes through uh, a realm of um, generations of excellence so thank you so much because horses rock yeah they do let's keep them in our lives that's true we're we're going to be horse advocates we got to get a t-shirt for that or something that's right that's right thank you so much for this opportunity thank you for the interview on horsemanship radio We all hear about omega-3 and how important it is for your horse's nutrition, but why? Well, simply put, horses were created to get all of their nutrition from live, natural grasses. Omega-3 is an essential fat found in many types of live grasses, and it's critical to the horse's health. If they were living on live grasses 24-7, they would be receiving enough omega-3. But in today's world, most horses are fed commercial feed and forage as their primary nutrition, and most of these are lacking in omega-3. 
That's where Omega Fields comes in. All of Omega Fields' flax-based products provide a balanced essential profile of Omega-369 and may be helpful in alleviating problems related to skin, coat, hoof, joint, and sand colic. One of Omega Fields' terrific products is Omega Horseshine. Omega Horseshine is an Omega-3 stabilized ground flaxseed supplement for horses to help maintain a shiny, healthy coat, strong, solid hooves, and top performance for horses in all life stages. Omega Fields provides the best human-grade, non-GMO ground flax that can help horses with dry, scaly, itchy skin, joint pain and inflammation, poor hoof growth, allergies, and more. Don't just listen to Debbie and I. Alexandra, a customer of Omega Fields, says any horse I ever own, I will feed them Omega Horse Shine, and I will recommend it to anyone. You can get your Omega Horse Shine today at OmegaFields.com, or just for our listeners, get 15% off using the coupon code MONTY2015. All one word, it's MONTY2015 for 15% off your next order at OmegaFields.com. That's OmegaFields.com. Marin Ludeman's passion comes from seeing people grow. She's been riding horses since she's the age of five, training since the age of 17, and competing at a professional level in the barrel racing industry for the last 30-plus years. She's mentored many young riders in this industry over those years, and her faith and love of people and horses have developed Marin into a mentor, a life coach, and an entrepreneur. Marin and her daughter, Caden, train futurity horses together now. She and her husband have also extended the careers of racing horses, training them for their second career as talented barrel horses. Welcome, Mara Ludeman. Thanks so much for joining us on Horsemanship Radio, Marin. So excited to be with you. I am too. And we've had uh, a, a few barrel racers on here. And here was the interesting thing. When I started studying about all the, you have been at this for 30 plus years, all the work that you have done, I started to see a thread there are other people that you've been mentoring who are doing extremely well in your same industry. And so I had to go find the source of these talents, and it happens to be you. Well, <laughs> it's really hard to say that I've been doing this for 30-plus years when I, I feel like I'm 29 and holding. And but, you look at, yeah. by the way, people have to go to your Facebook page, too. You are so cute. Uh, <laughs> you and your daughter could be sisters, I'm telling you. Oh, that's sweet. That's yeah. sweet. Well, I know you got started at an early age, so you did have that advantage, and that's very cool. Uh, did you always know that you wanted to be a barrel racer? Was it just that you loved horses? I was that crazy horse fanatic, and how I started actually was an even crazier uh, deal. My mom had been raised with horses and had owned horses when she was little, and she decided to take our family actually out to montana to a dude ranch and literally we were the city slickers that you saw in the movie <laughs> and at five years old yeah we would go on these all-day rides off into the mountains and sometimes they'd have a uh, chuck wagon come and meet us halfway you know streamside or something like that and i would be on my pony and i was the child that if they tried to bring somebody else to take the second half of the ride, I was the one kicking and screaming if they <laughs> tried to pull me off my pony at that time. So that's liter that's where it started because I was born and raised in a suburb of Minneapolis. 
Wow, that is amazing. And you're still in Minnesota now. So you didn't you didn't leave the cold, but you stayed with horses. Crazy enough to stay. Born and raised here and crazy to stay here, but it's where family is. So that's always been priority. Good for you. Good for you. Well, you've mentored a, uh, mentored a lot of young writers over the industry. When when did you think that you had something to share? And you know, wh- what what part of the the graph in your life starts to want to share? Because we're in 2017, we've been talking about sharing and and outreach in the industry, which didn't used to happen. Well. Yet again, that's kind of funny you ask because I don't think it was my decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I really truly believe that this was the plan that God had for me all the way around. And I genuinely feel like that's why the Lord has bl- continued to bless mm-hmm. me with really good horses mm-hmm. and horse flesh throughout my entire career was that I have given back and mentored a lot of young people kind of coming up the ranks and wanting to continue on in this industry. So he keeps bringing the people and he continues to bring the horses. And as soon as I'll finish with one and I'm going to go through those sad moments of them moving on, the next Mm -hmm. one is almost coming up the driveway. Saving you. Without a plan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think one of the things that I, I liked about your your non-plan, though, is that you've given a second career to a lot of talented racehorses, too. And to me, you're not only mentoring people, now you're mentoring horses, too, who we, we know that horses that come off the racetrack are often younger than, you know, some of the horses that uh, they need another career. So good for you. How did you get into that? When we got married, I mean, I've been married now for yet again. I don't know how this can happen when I'm 20, 29 and holding. Yeah, yeah. But um, we've we started. I want to say it was back in 1989 when we bought our very first racehorse. My husband and I did. Really, again, not knowing what we were going to be doing, but as we continued, kind of in and out, dabbling in the racehorse industry, they needed the second career. And we would bring them home and my husband pretty much said, go ahead and start with this one. So I haven't had the luxury of being able to really handpick what I would take out and um, work into the barrel racing industry. So I have literally ridden so many breeds of so many different stallions. And I remember one person in the industry had said, why would they do that? Those horses are bred to run in in a straight line. (laughs) And that has stuck with me the rest of my life because one of the leading sires in the industry, anybody in the barrel racing industry knows Dash to Fame and Dash to Fame was bred to be a racehorse. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful for me to be able to second career them and to see them go on. And I've had people for years come up to me and say, how do you get them so quiet? Because oh, they see them that. on the racetrack and everything. But it's how you bring them down and then how you work with them. Because, yes, some of them are bred higher. There's no question about it. But it's, it's what your program is and what you do with them. Mm-hmm. So what, what do I, I just watched the NFR, the national finals rodeo in Las Vegas, which I do religiously every year. And one of my favorite things is the barrel racing, but I do worry about that horse that is just 
it's higher than a kite coming out of that gate. You know, it, it kind of looks a little dangerous sometimes for the horses too. And I know that it would be easier on people if the horses were a little quieter, maybe not when they're streaking across that, that arena, but what do you do to, to keep them from burning out? Well, it's a uh, number one, you teach speed control. Speed control is is something that is so, so, so imperative when you're building your program. And um, just like a rainer teaches a sliding stop and a cutter would teach one not to leak forward. And I mean, it's all one and the same mm-hmm. in, in dressage horses and everything else. You have your programs. And I think one of the biggest misnomers that the barrel racing industry um, gets kind of a tagline for is the quote unquote crazy barrel horse. And they're not, it's, it depends on the training program and how you bring them up. And to be honest, if they are a higher bred horse, you don't run them Mm -hmm. multiple times. You know, you have to work with their mind, but any, any knowledgeable trainer is going to know that you work with any individual mind no different than a student sitting in a classroom. That's right. Very good. Yeah, great. Now, how do you keep your kids from getting them hyped up? If you've got, if you're training (laughs) some, I say kids, but you know, if you're, if you're (laughs) exactly right. I mean, you can get their brains quieted. How do you keep the kids from getting them all hyped up? Well, I have definitely had some come across (laughs) the, the pike that I would say have an electric hind end if I'm putting it in very much classier terms, uh, because it's just, it's the exact same that if you kind of, I call them an internal churner. Okay. Where their intensity level may not show on the outside and, but inside they're just going a hundred miles an hour. And yet again, I am huge on reading a horse's eye because I truly believe that the eye is the window to the soul. Mm -hmm. And I know that that may sound a little bit cliche, but they tell you so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And that being said, it's the same, again, as a person. And you never want to combine a higher, strong horse with the electric hind end person because you're kind of pretty much setting yourself up for disaster. Yeah, to the and moon, you're, Alice. That's when yeah. you, you just you pair them correctly, and yeah. I've learned that through the years. On it's not just about getting a horse sold; it's about making that dynamic match. Very good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about that. So, so if a if somebody comes to you and wants to train with you, which I don't, how many do you take on? Do you do you take on a lot at a time, or is it? Um, lately I will, I will say that I've pretty much been focusing on family and raising my 17 year old. She's been my main focus. And then, like I said, I've had, I don't want to say kids cause they're all pretty much young adults that have come yeah. in and out doing this. But, um, lately it's pretty much the focus on my daughter and she's going to be leaving now for college next fall, which is kind of a reality check. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So Caden, I did want to bring up Caden and, and her training horses and working with you and anybody who can mentor their 17 going on 18 year old daughter. I, you know, bow down to you. I'm, I'm bowing now as you (laughs) can't see it. You know, it's, it is a challenge, especially when you're in the same industry. I'm sure she looks up to you because you have, you know, achieved so much. She would have to, but she's still your daughter. So how do you do that? Uh, have you ever heard the line that takes a village? 
Yeah, you have help. (laughs) Well, oh my gosh, absolutely. Because I'm mom. And what was so funny, I think, I think one of the best things about her is I have a very beautiful, beautiful, strong, very strong daughter, um, which is a wonderful thing. But as a mom working with that in an arena, sometimes can get a little bit sketchy. But um, I think one of the funniest things she ever said to me is we were out riding and somebody was pulling in and I don't know what came up in conversation and she asked where she was coming from and it happened to be, I don't know, six, seven, eight hours away. And she, she looked at me just matter of fact, and she goes, mom, why do people drive to come ride with you? It makes no sense. (laughs) And, but you know, that's the, that's, because she's been raised doing this. She knows no differently, but there were times um, I can say back in the day when I had some dear friends, um, Kelly Nice is a dear friend being one of mine and Hillary Swanson and different people, Heidi Becker that I've Lee Hansen that I had mentored through the years. And I would just, at that time say, you know what, I'm stepping aside. You're going to be the better communicator to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of an indirect message. And another funny thing was I would watch her and she would be out do- in the arena. She's got such a God-given natural talent. It's just, she has no idea. She is a hundred percent clueless on how gifted she is in this. Um, and it does take, take a natural talent to begin with. And then the commitment but um, I, I just remember watching her do things, and she was always listening. I didn't know it, and she surely wouldn't tell me that, because <laughs> heaven forbid, we don't want mom to know that she was listening, but she was always listening and always paying attention. So it uh, kind of came in a little bit more indirectly, because there were, there were some, some heated times in the arena. I would never want to say there weren't, but that's what her strong personality has made her the competitor she is exactly yeah in everything she does yeah and you guys are so cute together too people have to go and check out your your facebook pages and your we'll leave some notes on here too so and our our show notes (laughs) so they can see you guys we'd love to have caden on with you sometime too maybe a mother's day uh, oh i'd love it we'll do that too so and and ali cole said allison is now K-U-H-L with, um, she works for Omega Field. She said to say hello to you from today too, that oh, she was one of my favorites. Abs- absolutely mentored by you. It just adores you and Lee Hansen and, and, um, all the folks at, at Omega, Omega Fields had talked about that too. Is there a relationship with Omega Field? Is there a reason that, uh, you guys are such, um, you, you've produced so many people over at Omega Fields is that, uh, do you use their supplements? Oh my goodness. I can't, that's got to be one of my biggest shout outs. Um, If you don't have, let's, let's put it this way. If you don't have tires on the car, you're not going anywhere. Uh And (laughs) um, if you don't have all the internal things running correctly, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And you're, you're definitely not going to be in the winner's circle and Omega fields. I will tell you a quick story on this. I remember, I don't know, this was Four four or five years ago, I was down at a big barrel race down in Oklahoma City, and I went over to one of the top vets down there because I had to have, unfortunately, one of my horses looked at. And she sees hundreds upon hundreds of horses, and especially at this event because there are, I don't know, 2,000 contestants. 
And she asked me, I came walking over to her with my horse and she stopped me and she said, I got to ask you, what do you feed? Oh, (laughs) and she said, I have never seen a coat where, and this was a roan horse that I had at the time. And she said, Mm -hmm. it literally is so silver. It's almost blinding. And I guarantee you that was from, um, my Omega horse shine. Oh yeah. Um, the supplement, the Omega Horse Shine is just amazing, amazing stuff. And I always get so excited being up in the tundra of Minnesota. Uh, I can't wait until they start peeling their winter coats off to see how beautiful it is because that, of that product. That tr- trout body out there in, in Horse Shine. Yeah, exactly. oh, that's nice. That's nice. Well, they did say to say hi to you. We were talking about him too. And and Allie, I think what is the one who said um, that you've really produced some influential horses. And she asked me to ask you about Hawk. Oh, I think mm-hmm. I could talk forever about him. You know, it's it here again, the Lord works in different ways. And I was told I could, I could literally talk for hours about him, but he was one that really changed my life and changed the whole direction of my life. Um, I was told to go buy him. He was way overpriced and he was dangerous and all of the above, but, and it belonged to a friend of mine down in Texas. And she, I called her up and she said, Maureen, you need him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just thought, why am I going to spend that kind of money? I'll make my own. Anyway, got him bought for near to nothing because he was such a train wreck mm-hmm. and got him home, thought I could fix him. I, at that time, this was years ago, I reached out for some help because I couldn't figure him out and uh, went to another trainer through a friend of mine and got some help on him. And she pretty much fixed him. And I learned from that whole process. And I, I remember that he went out and I remember right when I got him home, that he went out and won five WPRA rodeos in a row. I was in the top 50 in the WPRA with not even leaving the Great Lakes circuit. Um, He was just, he won nine saddles. I mean, I could go on and on. And the craziest thing is he got sick at 12 years old and they had never seen it before. They consulted all over the country and never saw it again. He died of spinal meningitis. No. Oh, you know, I've heard that that can happen, but I've never... I don't think I've ever known anybody that lost a horse no. that way. Oh, yeah, crazy. that is crazy. At 12. Uh, what, what was his issue that you were able to overcome? Just curious. I'm trying to see it in my head. Oh, my gosh. He ran the fence, meaning yeah. he'd, he'd commit. Well, he wouldn't even commit half the time to turn the first barrel. And <laughs> I, I remember being at rodeos where I couldn't even I couldn't even pull him up. I couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you, you've seen that, and it's Christmas time right now, which is just wonderful, but You've seen those kind of heartwarming stories about the lost um, child or the lost person and somebody reaches out to help them yes, and yes. they find just this amazing, amazing undiscovered person or talent. And that's exactly what he was. He was very mm-hmm. lost. He was, um, and it was there. And my mm-hmm. friend knew that she too couldn't get that out of him because he was so sour and just mm-hmm. hated life and hated everything. And in the process, before I lost him, I would walk, um, I would come home and he'd hear my voice and he'd be nickering at me from the pasture. So it was, it was such a gift yeah. to unwrap over a period of time that I had a chance 
to have him in my life. And I just, I mean, that just doesn't happen. That's a God thing to me. That is a God thing. And he, he found somebody in you. You see the, the sea biscuit. Mm, Yes. And you watch that movie. I'll never forget sitting there watching that. And at the end, they say something. We didn't find him. He found us. I was sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was my story years before, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I hope for everybody that they have a horse in their life. Just one, even like that. Yeah. I do too. That's a forever horse. Mm -hmm. It is a gift. Yeah. Even if it's too short and that's the Achilles heel of horses is that it's life's too short. They just don't, they don't, they don't stay with us long enough, but well, this is the hardest part of the interview for you is where I want you to brag a little bit on how good a year you've had. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a good year. Yeah, that's that's not the one that I that I do great at. And you know what the whole thing is, and and I'm just going to deflect that totally. Oh no! And I'll tell you why. It's not about me. It's about the either the kids that I've mentored, or the young adults, or the people that are going out in their careers, or the horses that we've trained. It's not. It's not just me. And I could, you know, yeah, it's great if you win a title or you do that or you win a saddle or different things like that. But to me, it's the impact that you leave either on the industry or in life. And I know that 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 has been something that I have been blessed with. I've got a horse out there right now um, that my friends connected me with the buyer. I did not know them prior to this. And she's out just doing amazing things down in Texas. And I could go on and on and on. My year was, my year was pretty good. I wanted it to be better, but um, I have a really nice horse coming up for possibly this next year. We'll see. But then the one coming up that I will be working all summer long um, to get ready for the BFA for next December. So it's, it's a whole process in that too, but yeah, it's just, it's, I, I'm deflecting that. It's, it's you're, just not you're, about me. <laughs> you know what? Uh, people will go look you up now anyway. So because okay. you're, because of that answer, it was so good. But I mean, you've had three horses in the top 10 of the world. And that just, just doesn't happen for people. So give us some names of who we can look forward to seeing you up on in 2017. Of me or different horses that I've sold? Both, yeah. Or different people. Um, I have, uh, oh shoot. Now you're going to totally make, oh, um, sorry. <laughs> Lonnie Lester is doing great on a dash of champagne down in Texas. Um, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to, to that because I know she's going to be hauling and she takes wonderful care of her horses. Uh, Laura Lambert in Colorado just bought, uh, OKD bear from me and, It's going to be interesting to see how she does with him. He's one that's going to, he's been a little bit, (laughs) he's a little bit of a delinquent that Laura is going to do just amazing things because you just got to keep him on task because he's a naughty kid that you got to put in front of the class. (laughs) And she is such an amazing talent too. She's Mm -hmm. been to the Dodge finals and she's been to um, her circuit finals. I mean, more times than I can even throw a stick at. So I'm excited to see what she's going to be doing. Um, so, yeah, those are two that I'm really looking forward to seeing what direction they're going to be going. Very of course, looking Kate, forward to that. And Kaden is, is going to be going and blowing this year, too, before she goes off to college? 
Well, she's, sadly, she's a little sidelined. She is also an extreme athlete and Uh plays soccer and basketball and unfortunately tore her ACL in October, I think October at one of her soccer games. So she's, she's gotten repaired. We're on track, but she cannot swing a yeah, leg we'll, over a horse. We'll rehab time. time. Okay, so yes, she's doing ma'am. a little ground manner work for a while. Yes, she <laughs> <Okay>. is. <laughs> well, good. We look forward to seeing her soon and coming back from that, too, and tell her to stop being so extreme, maybe, on some of these other oh, things. Oh, I know. Barrel racing know. is not extreme, not at all, but, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> it's been so much fun to have you on I, I just, I'm just stunned at all the accomplishments that you've been able to achieve. And I, you're young and you're still in the swing of it. So you've got years of producing um, championship horses and people and everything to come. And I, I hope people follow your career and um, love you as much as we do. Oh, well, thank you so much. And it's an honor that you chose me to do this and share this time with you. And Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas to you, Martin. Talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place in the The magic in the language of the herd. Dear Monty, I wanted to ask your opinion. Do you think a horse has a right of way in a normal world? In our area around Denver, horse people's life is greatly affected by development and ignorant, hurried people with a different set of values. The legacy of horse people is in trouble. What is the law when a horse is on a country road in a neighborhood? Wouldn't it be common courtesy to slow down, especially if the animal is spooked by something? Monty's answer. There are many regulations regarding horses and public roadways. These will typically become more complicated within certain city limits, and horses are often totally forbidden on certain freeways and large motorways. It is essential that you become familiar with the laws regarding the public roadway you intend to use. If it is normal country riding, riding a horse on the shoulder or the verge is an accepted activity. If it is accepted, then drivers have an obligation to take reasonable precautions regarding the horses, the riders' safety. Having said that, I suppose it is time to advise you that as horse people, we are still responsible for our own safety, recognizing that certain drivers will be irresponsible. For example, while you are riding your horse on the shoulder of the road, there is no law against a driver passing you at the speed limit and blowing his horn to see how well you ride. Should you be injured in such an incident, there is no real legal recourse given that the driver has broken no laws. Unfortunately, as our world becomes more urban, roadways are not considered safe places to ride. It is true, however, that certain country roadways are pleasant and certain geographical areas produce drivers that understand horses and are quite courteous. You must be aware of the circumstances in your locality. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, Go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says, Get Free Horse Tips. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider, it doesn't matter. 
You can connect with other students online too, on our forum, and there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, in March 11th and 12th over the weekend in Brazil near Sao Paulo. That's exciting. I will be there. March 18th at Ingliston Country Club. That's in, uh, well, let's call it Scotland. And then March 25th, he'll be at the Kingston Marwood College with Martin Clunes. Yay! UK in the Dorset area. And then he trips over to Germany and March 31, he'll be in Munich. April 9th, he'll be in Redefin, Germany. And then April 20th in Dorsten, Germany. 22, April 22, he'll be in Alsfeld. And then we get into the summertime. There's a little in between there, but he is going to, I want to give advance warning to the July 10 through 21 Gentling Wild Horses course at Flag is Up Farms. That's going to fill up. That is. And it's really fun and we've got so many great stories coming out of that it's just it's just an incredible time and then july 31 through august 4 is his iconic body special training which actually the gently wild horses sort of grew out of that which is really fun and that's if like is at farms in california as well and in case you couldn't write all that down in your brain cell memory banks you can find it all at MontyRoberts.com, or you could call the Flag is Up Farm folks. It's 805-688-6288, and there's always someone happy to help you there. And for details about today's show, you can go to HorsemanshipRadio.com, where we will have links to our guests, and we will have photos and more information. And we love your feedback. That helps us make this show better. We want to know what you want to hear about. And follow us on Facebook, and you can post there. His handle on Facebook is Monty Roberts, or you can tweet Monty underscore Roberts. Or go get the app for you folks who don't want (laughs) to contribute but do want to listen. Monty Roberts Horsemanship Radio is on iTunes, and you can subscribe that way, or you can download the free Horse Radio Network app. What do you think? Yeah, that's the way to do it. And many thanks to our sponsors who make this happen for us. They have the app on theirs. That's IFA.com. That's Omega Fields. And that's MontyRobertsUniversity.com. Those are their websites. Be sure to visit all the other great shows, too, on the Horsemanship or on the Horse Radio Network, both of those, at www.HorseRadioNetwork.com. And until next time, have many happy horse hours. 